0: Well, praise the Lord. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us this morning at High Life. Um, It's great to have you with us. Um, We're going to get into the word this morning. Uh, I'm going to be teaching on our mystical union with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. um, Before we begin, Father, we're so thankful for our union with you and our union with one another. We're thankful, oh God, because it's in you that we live and move and have our being. So from this place in Christ, uh, Lord, we submit to the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Uh, we submit to uh, the Spirit of the Lord, uh, the spirit, the Spirit that brings revelation, the spirit that brings understanding. Uh, Lord, we, we just um, we give room to the Holy Ghost today to search all things, even the deep things of God, and reveal them to us. Lord, we're so grateful. Uh, for your plan and purpose for your for our lives manifested in the death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, we just give you thanks for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning I'm going to start by um, reading um, from Matthew 11. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the Message Bible translation, uh, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Uh, and I believe that this is a great um Uh, foundation uh, for what we're gonna talk about today the Lord is speaking here he says are you tired worn out burned out on religion come to me he says get away with me and you will recover your life I'll show you how to take a real rest walk with me and work with me watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace i won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you keep company with me and you would learn how to live freely and lightly okay the lord wants to teach us how to do life um, by watching how he does life he says come to me and learn of me and he says i'm going to teach you how to live freely and lightly Okay, and you need to learn this. It's not going to be something that comes um, naturally. Okay, our natural tendency is to work and to be burdened. But he says, "Come to me and learn a new way of living life." And it gives us an indication here. It's much more than an indication. Actually, it tells us um, this principle to live or how to engage with this principle. Um, of living lightly and freely he says come and learn the unforced rhythms of grace come and learn the unforced rhythms of grace okay so in order to live the kind of life that god has designed for you and i which we call the high life um, you are gonna need to learn it okay it's not natural it's not it's not the default operation that you currently have okay it's not what you learned in school come and learn a new way of doing life in a way that's light and is free okay and this new way of doing light life helps you engage with what it calls the unforced rhythms of grace it is important to understand what grace is uh, grace is the power of god so living by the unforced rhythms of grace is living by the power of god okay um grace is the power of god achieving in us what we can't do ourselves grace is the power of god achieving in us what we can't do ourselves so come and learn how to live an empower life an empowered life a carefree life And when I say carefree, I don't mean reckless. I mean a life that is free of anxiety, that is free of worry, that is free of burdens, okay? Come and learn how to live an empowered life Jesus offers to us. You know, when I think about grace, I like to call grace the past tense of God's actions on our behalf, okay? The power of God Revealed in us in Christ. So, whenever we are engaging with grace, we're always looking back at what the power of God has already achieved and accomplished for us in Christ and living from that place. Okay? Living from that place. You know, Romans chapter 8, verse 3 and 4, if you look at the Passion, summarizes it this way it says, for God achieved, everyone see achieved. God achieved, so that is past tense. He has already done it. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't change it. It's something he has already done. God achieved what the law was able to accomplish. Now, what was the law trying to accomplish? It was the law set the standards that man was meant to fulfill in order um to uh, be righteous in god's sight okay god's standards of righteousness which are valid and right and holy it says god achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature there's nothing wrong with the law okay Uh, it is god's standard it is perfect it is righteous it is holy but Man could never achieve the standards of God because of the weakness of human nature. So God achieved it. He says, yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now everyone say now okay so God achieved something through the sacrifice of Jesus he achieved the requirements um, of the law he the Bible says he um, he condemned guilt and the power of sin in the sacrifice of Jesus so now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us okay And we are free to live not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. So, God achieved something in Christ, okay? And now, as a result of what God achieved, every one of us, every single requirement of the law has been fulfilled in the anointed one living his life in us, okay? And we are free to live. This is living. By the enforced rhythms of grace, living by the power of God, living by what He has done for us in Christ. Okay? So, um, we're talking about living from that place, yeah? Refusing to move away from that location, feasting on the treasures or on the realities of what God has done for us in Christ. That's how we connect with the power of grace. That is how we connect with the power of what he has done, living from that place. Colossians 3 talks about feasting on the treasures of the realities of the heavenly realm and filling our thoughts with those uh, truths and not allowing ourselves to be distracted by the natural realm, which is dominated by Satan's governmental structure. Okay, This is how we live by the unforced rhythms of grace. This is how we live by what God has achieved. This is how we live by what the power of God has made available to us um, through the sacrifice of Jesus, okay? By living from that place, from that understanding, from that consciousness, filling our thoughts with the reality of the truth. uh, And we do that by faith, okay? Um, In Romans chapter 5, verse 2, in fact, if I read Romans 5, 2, let's read Colossians 1, 21 to 23. Now, I haven't started the message yet, but, you know, there's there's great benefit from what I'm sharing anyway. In Colossians 1, 21 to 23, I'm reading the Passion again. It says, even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. Okay, this is the past tense action of what God has done. God has reconnected you back to himself. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you think. This has already happened. Okay, so all we need to do is to shift uh, into that understanding. He has reconnected you. It doesn't matter if in the morning you feel like, you know, you're the spawn of Satan. It doesn't matter whether you feel like a king. kid. It doesn't really matter how you feel. He has reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the same payment on your behalf, so that you will dwell in his presence. And now everyone say now, this is your reality. And now there is nothing between you and the father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. God is not angry with you. He has reconnected you back to himself, the Bible says and he sees you okay this is what you need to feast on he sees you as holy he sees you as flawless he sees you as restored if indeed you continue to advance in faith assured of a firm foundation to grow upon never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in and this is the glorious news i preach all over the world okay the reality of what God did for us in Christ is the foundation of the gospel. That is why it's called good news. Do not allow yourself to be moved away from the hope of the gospel. When we talk about the hope of the gospel, the word hope in the Greek is the Greek word elpis, which speaks about confident expectation. Confident that it's not talking about the future, what is going to happen. Don't be moved from the picture that has been painted in your heart concerning what God did for us in Christ. That is the foundation of your faith. Feast on that. Stay in that place of understanding that in Christ you have been reconnected. You are flawless. You are restored. You are one with him. You are the very righteousness of God in Christ. Don't be moved away from the hope of the gospel. Let your faith be grounded in that. Feast on that. Don't be distracted by what the governmental structure that prevails in the natural realm is telling you. That structure is going to tell you that you're not enough. That you are you are, you are substandard. You haven't achieved what God wants you to achieve. Uh, that is a lie. When you feast on the reality of the truth in the heavenly realm, uh, as revealed in the gospel of Christ, in this glorious good news of Christ. You will live freely and lightly. You will connect to the power of an endless life, which is revealed in the gospel uh, and founded in the understanding that what man could not do in, through the law, what could not be achieved through the law, God has already achieved in you in Christ. And we, we connect with that by faith. In Romans chapter 5, verse 2, it says, Our faith guarantees, our faith guarantees us permanent access. I like that. It says, Our faith, you see, faith is based on truth. The faith that comes out of truth, it guarantees us permanent access. Why do we have permanent access? Because the access was provided not by something we did but by something that god did in christ he already achieved this he already went to the cross and achieved this so it is our faith that guarantees us permanent access because we we plug into something that has already been done it says it gives us permanent access into his marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with god what incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep, up, keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. When it says our hope of experiencing God's glory, it's not talking about something that is going to happen in the future. Hope is confident expectation. I have the confident expectation of experiencing God's glory now. Why? Because I have a perfect relationship with God. I have a perfect relationship with God. And the reason I have a perfect relationship with God is that that relationship was brokered by the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a perfect relationship with God. okay, Uh, And it's based on something that has already been achieved. Not by myself, but by the Lord Jesus. I cannot improve on my relationship with God. I really cannot because that relationship is not based on me. It is based on what God has done in Christ. So the natural consequence is joy. It's joy. Uh, that's why no flesh will glory in his presence because we, we can't take credit for the privileges we have in God, for the access we have to God. All we can do is just plug into it by faith, yeah? Uh, so so this is how we live um, by the unforced rhythms. Uh, on false rhythms of grace and live a life that is free a life that is uh, that is a joyful life uh, because everything we have is based on what the lord jesus has done so today we're going to be talking about our mystical union with christ our mystical union with christ you know when we talk about mysticism you know in our present day unless you're a scholar a seminarian or some kind of church historian Chances are that when you think of the word mystical, um, it, it applies to the occult or the new age or some other deviant spiritual practice. Uh, the term mysticism is, is wrongly used to describe uh, anything under the sun that is deemed spiritual or enlightening. Uh, and, and that is why we, we must begin today um, with with a clarification of, of the word what the word mystical means, okay? Because the word mysticism is the word is it actually a word that started in the church, okay? Uh, for centuries. When one spoke about the mystics, uh, you referred only to those believers who experienced an interactive life with Christ. Okay, a life full of intimacy with Christ and full of supernatural power. Those were the mystics. Okay, um, in fact, the Apostle Paul uh, was the church's first mystical theologian. Okay, he used the word uh, from which we get mystic, uh, the, the Greek word "mysterion." He used that word 21 times uh, out of the 27 uh, usages of the word in the New Testament. Okay. And when Paul used that word, he, always, uh, he almost always used it in the sense, Musteron actually spoke about a mystery, okay? But he always, almost always used it in the sense of a mystery, something that was hidden that is now revealed, okay? A secret that has been hidden for ages that is now revealed, okay? And that's where the word mystic or the 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 people who were you know in fact uh, to the uh, Corinthians Paul talked about that we apostles should be considered servants of God and stewards of the mysteries of the mysteries of Christ we are we are administrators of this mystery we are custodians of this mystery and he revealed what this mystery is. Do you want to know what the mystery is? Well, let, let us look at two verses of scripture to understand uh, what the mystery of the gospel is. Uh, and, and, and that would help us as we establish the foundation of this mystical union. So work, come with me. Let us look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Okay, let's unpack what the mystery of the gospel is. This thing that was hidden for ages that has now been revealed. Okay, It says, uh, verse 2 here says, For my concern is that their hearts may be braced, comforted, cheered and encouraged as they knit together in love. That they may come to have all the abounding wealth and blessings of a short conviction of understanding. And that they may become progressively more intimately acquainted with and may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly that mystic secret of God, which is Christ, the anointed one. Okay, so he's praying that we would come into a progressive intimate acquaintance that we will know accurately and definitely and thoroughly the mystic secret of god which is christ christ is the mystery of god is is this thing that was hidden and now revealed the mystic secret of god is christ But there's a part B to this that we need to understand when we talk about the the, the mystical union. Because it's not just Christ as a person. If you look at um, the, the previous chapter in Colossians chapter 1 verse 26. I read verses 26 and 27. It says there is a divine mystery. A secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now is being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience, or everyone say experience. So this mystery is to be experienced. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation or the hope of glory not for in the future, expectation. When you are engaging with with this, you are expecting something from it, okay? Within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. You can expect to have a glorious existence. Um, He says, this mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of the glory of his people and God wants everyone to know it. Christ in you, the mystery is that through the gospel, Christ, the resurrected Christ, comes to live on the inside of you permanently. That is the mystery of the gospel. We're not just worshipping God. We're not just, um, you know, seeking God. No, God moves inside us and we can come into a progressive, intimate understanding and communion with that presence that is now in us. That is the mystic secret of God. That we can live through the life of Christ in us. We can experience the life of Christ in us. We can experience intimacy or we have the privilege of experiencing intimacy with the resurrected Christ in us. So mystical union should not be a foreign concept to the believer. For when we talk about mystical union, we are talking about our union with Christ. We are in him and he is in us. Mysticism is an experience of this union with God. Okay. Um, An experience of this union with God and this union was procured by Christ's atoning sacrifice. This union is not something that we are going to achieve. This union is not something that um, we can improve upon. Um, You know, we're talking about the, the unforced rhythms of grace, okay? This union is wholly founded in what God has done for us in Christ. It is already ours. So what we are doing as we are learning this is to embrace this understanding so that we can begin to experience the full dimension of this union because you are already united with Christ. That is the mystical union. In fact, um, um, John uh, Crowder, in defining uh, mystical union, he defines it this way, an experience... Of union with God a consciousness of the reality of God the belief that the reality of God can be infused through subjective or felt experience mystical union is that the reality of God in us can be experienced fully yeah Um, fully in our bodies okay it's not uh, this thing that people talk about, positional truth, yeah, it is that a believer can experience the reality of the union of Christ, Christ dwelling in us. Yeah, we can experience the reality of that uh, on a constant basis and live from the power of that union. Yeah, that is what mystical union is, and that's what we're going to be experiencing. Or exploring, okay. So the core meaning of mysticism is union with Christ, okay. Union with Christ um, based on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and and entering into the full dimension of the glory of God through our experience. Yeah, it's not something for heaven, it's not something for later, it is something that has already been achieved, okay? And by feasting on the treasures of the reality of that union, we begin to enter into the full experience of it, even now in our flesh. That's the mystery of the gospel, that Christ in you, the expectation of living a life of glory in the flesh, okay? Um so we're going to look at a few verses of scripture, okay? We're going to look at a few verses of scripture. And, um, you know, uh, you know, this is a place we have come to live. This is a, must be a place that we come to rest. Um, so let us start by, I'm going to read Galatians chapter 3. I'll read from various verses or various translations. I'm going to start with the new living translation. I'll just read two verses, Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. It says, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. All right, so this is a great place to begin our meditation. I am a son of God now. I am a son of God now through faith in Christ Jesus. I am a son of God now. That we need to feast on that. I am a son of God now. I'm not going to be a son of God. I am a son of God now. and what makes me a son of God is through faith in Christ Jesus. Because I have put my faith in him, because I have confessed him as my Lord, I am now a son of God. Okay. let's continue. It says for all of you, I'm included in that you're included in all of you. For all of you were baptized into Christ, all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Okay. All of you were who were baptized into christ you know first corinthians 12 talks about the fact that we're baptized um you know um, into christ yeah through the holy spirit okay we have been baptized into the body of christ we've been made to drink of that self-same spirit it says all of you who confess christ were baptized into christ he's not talking about baptism of water here Water baptism no you were immersed into christ every part of you was immersed into Christ when you confess Christ as Lord. You are fully Christ. Second Corinthians 517 says that um, if anyone is in Christ is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new and all things verse 18 says are of God. You are fully immersed into Christ. You are completely his. You are completely his. You are not a sinner that was saved by grace. You were a sinner, but then you got saved. Okay. And the, the 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 vision of God for for um, for humanity was not to improve humanity through salvation, it was to bring humanity, the old man, to a place of death and create a new man, the kind of creation. You are not an old sinner that is trying to improve themselves. No, it says that you were baptized into Christ and have closed yourself with christ you are a new creation you are a new creation you're a new species of being that has never existed before okay and that new creation is in union with christ let us look at that same passage from the passion translation it says you have all become true children of god by the faith of jesus the anointed one it was faith that immersed you into Jesus, the anointed one. And now you are covered and clothed with his anointing. It was through faith. You know, the Bible says that by grace are you saved through faith. Okay, God had already, this is Ephesians 2, eight. God has already um, made provision for this through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. But you came and you submitted yourself and you put your faith in Christ. It says that through your faith, you got immersed, you got baptized into Christ. You know, Ephesians 2.10 says, We are the handiwork of God created in Christ Jesus for good works. Okay, so when you were immersed into Christ, you became a new creation. You were baptized into Christ. The substance of your new creation is Christ. Okay, the substance of your new creature is Christ. You were fully immersed into him uh, and you became a new creature. Yeah, you are the handiwork of God created in Christ. Christ became the material from where you were formed. Okay, the old nature is totally gone. You are now one with Christ by creation. It says, and now... Now, your present reality is that you are covered and clothed with His anointing. Okay? You know, the word Messiah, the word Christ, is, is speaking about the, His anointing, His, His, His enablement, His substance. Okay, you are fully covered in his substance. You are wall-to-wall Christ. And that is why we are called the body of Christ and He's the head. Because it's the same being, the same, the same, the same, uh, yeah, it's the same being. Uh, The reason why the head, your head and your body are called by the same name is because you are the same person. You have become one with Christ. You are in a mystical union with Christ. Okay, you are in a mystical union with Christ. Let's look at that. um, one more translation. Look at the new living translation of, of Galatians 3, verse 26 to 27. It says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all have been united with Christ in baptism, and have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. Okay. You've put on Christ. Okay? You've put on Christ. You are one with Christ. You are in union with Christ. Okay. Look at First uh, Corinthians 6 17. It says, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. The one who joins himself to the Lord. How do we join ourselves to the Lord? Well, the previous passage already explained how we joined ourselves to the Lord by faith. Okay, we came to him by faith and as a result of uh, of coming to him by faith, we were immersed into him and we became one with him permanently. We became one with him permanently because your new nature is 100 christ yeah because you are his workmanship created in christ okay that is why you have his righteousness that is why you were created in holiness okay that is why you are flawless that is why you are perfect that is why the relationship you have with god cannot be severed because um we we, we are we are in him we are in Him, okay? Um, in uh, Ephesians 1, 3, the Bible says that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Uh, I believe the Passion Translation says that, for God sees us wrapped up in Him, okay? When He looks at us, He sees Christ because we are one with Him. We are in a mystical union with Him. Now that union um, is to be enjoyed in its full expression because if you are in union with Christ, then there is nothing impossible to you. If there is, you are in union with Christ, there is nothing the Father will not do for you. Because the Bible says that the Father loves the Son and He, and he shows Him all things that He does. If you are in union with Christ, then there is nowhere Christ is that you cannot be. If in, you are in union with Christ, everything, like Jesus said, everything that the Father has belongs to me. Uh, and the Spirit I'm giving you, He will declare everything of mine and he will show it to you. If we're in union with Christ, the implications of that union, accessible by faith, are available to you. As we we feel our hearts, as we feel our hearts with the reality, as we feel our hearts with the reality of of, um, of our union with Christ. Yeah? Um, There is is no... uh, You know when uh, the Song of Solomon says that my... My beloved, I'm my beloved and my beloved is mine. I am one with him I'm my beloved and my beloved is mine. You can see how that is. You belong to him and he belongs to you. You are one with him. You belong to him. He belongs to you. And this union is not something to be achieved. This union is, is, is a union that has already been, yeah, as a result of what he did at the cross. Okay. As a result of what he did at the cross. Let me just end um, with this passage. You know, I believe that um, um, Romans chapter chapter six uh, is a passage that you and I must immerse ourselves in, okay, Um, so that we can walk this life of freedom, we can walk this life of lightness, we can walk this life of joy, okay. Uh, And again, I'm just going to read this passage, and we'll end today, but. Um, I want you to make a note of the tenses that are used here, the past tense of God's action, uh, the appropriation that you and I must make in order to enter into the reality and the experience of it um, and the liberty that it brings. I'm just going to read verses 5 to 11 of Romans chapter 6 um, from the Passion Translation. It says, For since we are permanently oh man i could just get up and start dancing right now for since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that it imparts permanently permanently experience the resurrection of Christ. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Like Colossians 3 1 says permanently. This is not a place we go and come out permanently by creation. Let's continue verse 6. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? For we were, we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we will not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning. And if you were co-crucified with the Anointed One, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life so the old life of sin is over the old identity of sin is over you're not carrying the old man with you the old man is destroyed by crucifixion the person that is dead is free the person that is dead is free from sin the king james or the new king james says okay so we shared in the likeness of his death which was complete and now We share in the likeness of his resurrection. We walk in the same resurrection life because by creation, by creation, we are one with him. We have permanent, we we permanently experience a resurrection like his. Let's continue in um, verse, let's continue with verse 8. And if we are co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. And we know that since the Anointed One has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life has vanquished death and its power. Um, his resurrection life has vanquished death and its power over him is finished. For by his sacrifice, he died to sin's power once and for all, but now, but he now lives continuously for the Father's pleasure. So let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with him, you must constantly view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the Anointed One. Okay? Two things I want to emphasize here. Okay? It says now... um, Since we are joined with him, this is the mystical union, okay? Remember, Christ was raised to live continuously for the Father's pleasure. Now you and I have been joined with him. We now live continuously for the Father's pleasure, just like Christ. There's no difference because we are one with him. We are one with him. We live continuously for the Father's pleasure. Sin no longer has any power over our lives, okay? Because by creation... We are, we are of a different nature. We have been freed from sin through death and complete crucifixion. It says we must continually, this is the second thing, we must continually view ourselves. We must view ourselves. So, the way we see ourselves, so this is now talking about what we are connecting to by faith. We must continually view ourselves as unresponsive to sin's appeal. Okay? We, we, we are no longer responsive to sin's appeal, um, we now live daily for the Father's pleasure because of our union with Christ, okay? Sin has as much power over us as it has power over Christ. And you and I know that's a ridiculous statement. Sin has no power over Christ, so sin has no power over us. You and I are one with him permanently, okay? One with him permanently. Don't forget first Corinthians 6 17 that he that joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. I am one spirit with the Lord. I am one spirit with the Lord. <clears throat> you can identify where he begins and where I where, where I end, because I am one spirit with him. I'm in a mystical union with Christ. Okay. Therefore I have access to everything that the Father has through my union with Christ. The father looks at me as he looks at Christ. The father reveals to me as he reveals to Christ. In fact, in John 17, when Jesus was praying, he was saying that we'll come into this revelation so we will understand that the father loves us like he loves Christ. Hallelujah, glory to God, glory to God. Let us immerse ourselves into this because God has ordained that we live a life of freedom, a life of joy, a life of power um, through our understanding of our union with Christ. Thank you for joining me. God bless you. We'll continue next Sunday.